Well, praise the Lord, Friendship Family. It's glad to be back, and uh, some have asked me where I've been, but uh, I've been right here with the rest of you, busy, and uh, the Lord has taken me through a challenge, and, and I've come through, and I've come through also with a testimony, so I'm glad to be with you again, sharing this lesson, and uh all I ask is that you just pray for me, and if you would, pray with me as we would pray over this lesson and prepare to uh, facilitate it for you today. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this place and this um, opportunity to come into your house to study your word. We pray, oh God, that you would bless this word, that you would... Use it as you would see fit, Lord, that it would not return unto you void. And Lord, that we would hide this word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. And that in all that we say and do, you would be glorified. We thank you and we give you praise. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Today's lesson is called Priscilla Call to Ministry. Or call to explain. Um, it takes place in the book of Acts, chapter 18, verses 1 through 3, verses 18 to 21, verses 24 to 26, and also in Romans chapter 16, verses 3 and 4. Now, when we look at the aim for change, we see three things we want to look at. We want, we want to accomplish research, we want to appreciate and we want to seek. Now, research. We want to be able to research the life of Priscilla and her husband, Aquila. Then we want to appreciate. We want to appreciate the ministry of those who explain the way of God with accuracy. And then we want to seek. We want to seek out opportunities to use our gifts and or abilities to further the gospel ministry. Now, the keep in mind verse comes to us from Romans chapter number 16, verses 3 and 4. And it reads like this. It says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Now, before we get into this lesson, I'd like to give a little bit of background. First, about Ephesus. Ephesus was the principal city of Asia, which was both a strategic commercial city and a major uh, religious center. All right, it was a hub. It was a place where all the businesses came to to sell their wares, and it was also a, a place of religious worship because they had one of the largest temples in the area, the Temple of Diana. It's a famous temple. It's known as one of the seven wonders of the world. And they practiced magic there. They practiced idolatry. They practiced, um, um, you know, they, 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 they practiced 
some some negative things there. Uh, idolatry, they practice um, uh, images and, and all kinds of wares like that. Now, Paul lived in Ephesus. He lived there for three years during his third missionary journey. And uh, while he was preaching there, he came into some resistance from the salespeople there because he was preaching against their wares, what they were selling. And so they began to riot. And Paul eventually left and he headed on and moved on to Macedonia. Paul wrote to the Ephesian church when he was in Rome later on in our text. And we will see that he was imprisoned in Rome and he wrote to many of the Christian churches. Now, Apollos is another important figure in this lesson. Apollos was an Alexandrian Jew who came to Ephesus about A.D. 52. And Apollos had an accurate understanding of the story of Jesus. In other words, he knew about what had happened with Jesus, and he had a profound understanding of the Old Testament. He knew uh, the law, he knew the prophets, and, and he could expound on it. Apollos was an eloquent, he was an articulate and enthusiastic young man who preached the truth as he knew it. However, he lacked knowledge about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and about baptism. All right, now Priscilla and Aquila patiently instructed Apollos filling in the gaps of his knowledge, the things that he did not know. You know, they helped him improve on his doctrine. Um, doctrine is important. And as a result, Apollos went on to become a powerful proclaimer and defender of the faith. Now, the study of doctrine was what they call apologetics. And apologetics is basically a defense for the faith. Now, Aquila and Priscilla, or Priscilla and Aquila, facilitated his training. And allow me to introduce them because they are the focus, the, 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 the main characters in our lesson today. Our lesson is entitled Priscilla Called to Minister. But it also probably means Priscilla and Aquila. They are both called to be ministers. The Gospel of Luke portrayed this husband and wife team as an ideal model of Christianity. They were friendly people, they were hospitable, and they were generous. Now, Priscilla may have been the dominant one in the relationship, and some scholars have suggested that Priscilla inherited wealth and held tremendous influence in her community. They count this as one possible reason why she is often mentioned before her husband in scripture. Through their influence and friendship, though, Paul was able to continue his missionary journey while leaving a faithful ministry team behind in Ephesus to preach the gospel on his behalf and on the Lord's behalf. Much as has been made of the order of Priscilla and Aquila's name in the New Testament. 
This couple has been referred to six times in the New Testament, five times as a couple, and four times um, Priscilla's name was mentioned first. And then one time Aquila's name was mentioned first. Now, while we can't say definitely from this fact who was leading in their relationship and who did the most teaching, we can infer that Paul and Luke both regarded Priscilla as having a powerful influence, not only in Corinth and Ephesus, but according to Paul, in all the churches of the Gentiles. She and her husband even risked their lives for Paul, though Paul does not say exactly when this was or how. Now, if you take a look at the, at a glance, if we take a glance at the, the lesson, we can see that it's broken down into four different sections. The first one is Paul meets Priscilla and Aquila. That's Acts 18, 1 and 3. The second is expanding the ministry to Ephesus. That's Acts 18, 18 to 21. Apollo meets Priscilla, number three, and that's verses 24 to 26. And then finally, Paul salutes Priscilla and Aquila in Romans 3 and 4. Now let's jump in deeper. Um, by way of introduction, I would say the idea of a group project means that several people would have to come together and put a lot of research and study uh, into accomplishing the same goal. Within the church, we would likewise have to come together to share our abilities and or, you know, our talents in order to achieve that which was needed. We all have our individual strengths and weaknesses and we all have those things that we're good at and those things that we're bad at. But then there are times when God puts us together so that we must rely on one another uh, in order to get things done. Um, church is like a team sport, and we must come together in order to spread the gospel effectively. Every one of us has something to contribute to the work of the church for the Lord's sake. Now, section one, Paul meets Priscilla and Aquila. Scripture tells us that Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. They had left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported all of the Jews uh, from Rome. Paul lived and he worked with them, for they were tent makers just as he was. Now, we all know that Paul had a great was a great evangelist, but dedicated friends helped Paul achieve his goals. Christian friends like Priscilla and Aquila are vitally important to any evangelistic ministry. Besides, there's no I in team, and no man or woman is an island or can be an island unto himself. God's church is not made up of brick or mortar, but it's made up of people who are codependent on one another and on Christ. Paul first met Priscilla and Aquila there in Corinth, where he was working to both be a tent maker and to establish churches. Priscilla and Aquila were also tent makers, so they joined forces with Paul, opening up their home to him. Paul very well could had been one of those who had discipled them while they helped him with his ministry. 
Originally, they had come to Rome after Emperor Claudius expelled the Jews. That event is known as the Diaspora, which is the Great Gathering. And so because of that event, the Jews were scattered across the land. And this was probably how they got to establish their synagogues over all of the Roman Empire. Section number two, expanding the ministry to Ephesus. Scripture says, Paul stayed in Corinth for some time after that, then said goodbye to the brothers and the sisters and went to nearby Centria. There he shaved his head according to Jewish custom, making the end of a vow. Then he set sail for Syria, taking Priscilla and Aquila with him. They stopped first at the port of Ephesus, where Paul left the others behind. While he was there, he went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews. They asked him to stay longer, but he declined. As, the, as, as he left, however, he said, I'll come back later, God willing. Then he set sail from Ephesus. Now, Paul and his companions ministered for a year and a half among the Corinthians until the Holy Spirit prompted them to travel over to Syria to expand the ministry. It was the Church of Syria that sponsored the remainder of Paul's journey. When Paul finally left Syria, he was still accompanied by his two friends. The ship upon which they traveled stopped at Ephesus and took, and they took that opportunity to preach there amongst the Jewish inhabitants, who Paul entreated those inhabitants who entreated Paul to stay with him a little bit longer, but Paul was eager to get to Jerusalem. So during that time, Paul left his friends in Ephesus, carrying on the work. However, after a brief stay in Jerusalem, Paul left and came back to Ephesus. In Ephesus, uh, he ministered there for another two years and three months, and Priscilla and Aquila continued to minister there to the non-Jewish church. And uh, they were allowed, they allowed their home to be used as a meeting place for the Christian church. And in section three, Apollos meets Priscilla. Apollos, uh, the scripture says in verses 24 and 26, that meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well, arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria, Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord and taught others about Jesus. And uh, he only knew about John's baptism, though. So Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, and they took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. Now, sometime after Paul had left, Apollos comes along, and Priscilla and Aquila hear him preaching, and they are impressed with his teaching and his boldness, and they realize that Apollos lacked uh, further understanding of Jesus. So they became his mentors. Uh, we all need spiritual mentors who can help us expound on the word of God more completely. We shouldn't be afraid to ask others. Um, who may be more spiritually mature to help us get a better understanding of the scriptures. And finally, in the last section, Paul salutes Priscilla. Uh, 
Paul says, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they, uh, in fact, they once risked their lives for me, he says. I am thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Now, when Paul ended his letter to the Romans, he was greeting 26 people specifically by name. And at the top of that list was this couple who were members of his ministry in Ephesus. And he calls them his helpers in the ministry. They were fellow workers who laid down their necks and risked their lives. So Paul affirms his gratitude for their participation. And he also added a thank you from the churches of the Gentiles. This shows that Paul considered Priscilla and Aquila that their work to be more influential. And every non-Jewish church in which Priscilla and Aquila helped to start also owed them their gratitude. In conclusion, let, let's consider a three-strand chord. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 12 tells us that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity, but pity any who falls down and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands are not easily broken. Now, when we, uh, we picture Paul spreading the gospel around the empire, we, we think of him doing it by himself, but Paul was not alone because Priscilla and Aquila were two of his many associates that helped him in his ministry. During our day, it is estimated that 200 million people heard the Reverend Billy Graham preach the gospel on radio and on television. But he was not a one-man ministry. Teams of people organized, promoted, and set up his crusades for him. And many musicians shared the stage with him. Hundreds of counselors followed up with those who heard his message and who gave their lives to Christ. Spreading the gospel is often done by Christians who work together. So let's be a team. And let's work together. Amen. May God bless you. And may you have a blessed week.